We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. It's a completely new era in the northeastern part of the United States, out with the old, in with the new. It's not every offseason the NFL world sees one of the most successful and accomplished coaches of any era part ways with the franchise that employed him for so long. But it happened this offseason in New England. It's out with Billy B, in with Gerard Mayo, and now they enter a new dawn. Gerard Mayo is the new head coach, a few high-ranking front office people, a new offensive coordinator, a weird quarterback situation, and a lot of different decisions to be made. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Picks for Polls podcast brought to you by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Usaid Koshal, and today we're going to continue our off-season series where we talk to beat writers and reporters who cover NFL franchises that are picking inside the top 10 and potentially the top 15 in the 2024 NFL draft. Now, in all honesty, if you talk to so many people around the league, if you follow what's going on around the rest of the league, there's a certain level of intrigue that the Patriots have. They're set to have this fascinating offseason. They're picking third overall, so the automatic assumption is, well, they'll be taking a quarterback. But they also have $86 million in cap space to spend. Conversations with Mike DeBate, who covers the Patriots for Sports Illustrated Patriots Country, tell a completely different story. Could they take a quarterback, trade for a veteran like Justin Fields, trade back and accumulate some extra picks, some extra draft capital in 2024 and 2025, and a whole lot more? So what will the Patriots do? What could they do is probably the better question that we should be asking ourselves. Enjoy the interview with Mike. Enjoy the episode. Remember to bear down, have notifications turned on for us so you don't miss a single episode. Joining us now on the Picks for Polls podcast, he's the lead Patriots reporter 
for Sports Illustrated, very own Patriots country. We've got Mike Debate in the house. You can follow him on Twitter at MDebateNFL. He's going to be breaking down the Patriots for us. They face a really intriguing offseason. It's out with Billy B, in with Gerard Mayo, and it's a completely new era in New England beyond just the head coaching position. There's a lot to talk about, probably more than there's ever been. But first things first, let's get to it, Mike. I mean, how's it going? Thanks so much for being on here. Oh, my pleasure. My honor. Thanks so much. It's an honor to be here on the Bear Report. Big fan of what you guys do. And uh, I thank you for taking the time to have me on. And uh, yeah, interesting times in New England. Uh, We've talked now for the last few years, really since the departure of Tom Brady, about a new era in New England and ushering in a new time. Well, it's clearly a new time now. Uh, The New England Patriots no longer have Tom Brady. They haven't had him for a few years. Bill Belichick, will no longer be the head coach. Matthew Slater retiring after 16 seasons. So the links to the glory days in New England have since passed, and now it's a new dawn, a new day with Gerard Mayo at the helm. So a lot of uncertainty, but a lot of excitement for New England Patriots fans. They're feeling like this is a new beginning. This is a new opportunity for them now to move forward, modernize the offense, maybe get a little bit more uh, you know, quicker and maybe a little younger on defense and help move this team forward into what they hope will be another successful run sooner rather than later. I mean, it is really interesting here because I think when you ultimately look at the Patriots, right, they were at one point the standard for basically a generation and a half. And now you got the Kansas City Chiefs that are the standard. But also, I mean, let's get into it right here so quickly because Gerard Mayo, I think, is creating a sense of excitement around the franchise. Robert Kraft at that introductory press conference where they introduced Gerard Mayo was clearly kind of, you could tell just by watching even the live stream, he was all in on Gerard Mayo as the next head coach for the franchise, which again, you know, changing head coaches and changing, you know, coordinators and all that's not really something that, again, this fan base is used to because Billy B would always hire from within, but irrespective of the coaching staff, I mean, what's up with the quarterback position, right? Because you have, they're picking the highest that they are third overall for the first time in forever. They swung and kind of missed on Mac Jones and in comes Bailey Zappi. And now all of a sudden, you know, when you are picking top three, top five, even though quarterback may not be the direction that they go, it's certainly hard to ignore that being a possibility. Yeah, I think that definitely is uh, right in line. It's very difficult to ignore that as a possibility because the Patriots have such a glaring need. You look at the product, uh, the productivity or lack thereof that they got in twenty in twenty twenty three from both Mac Jones and in Bailey Zappi. The offense was not efficient, uh, especially under Mac in those early days before he was essentially benched in favor of Zappi. Uh, the Patriots were turnover prone, uh, bad throws, errant throws, um, miscues, uncharacteristic uh, missing targets. These are things that you never saw the Patriots do under Tom Brady. And if you did, it was usually in the most extreme circumstances. So Patriots fans definitely had an adjustment there. Um, but Max progress and prowess that he showed as a rookie has seemingly 
decreased over the last couple of years. And some of that is due to coaching turnover. Don't forget, in three years, he had three different sets of offensive coordinators or three different uh, coaches essentially telling him what to do. And Josh McDaniels, the combination of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia in 2022, which was a real disaster. And then even last year under Bill O'Brien, which never worked out the way Patriots fans thought it would. Uh, Zappi came in, showed a little bit more confidence, maybe a little bit more desire to push the ball downfield. So it was a little more of an exciting project or exciting product to work with and to watch. But at the same time, you weren't getting the productivity that you need. Zappi was still turnover prone and the Patriots were not getting the protection along the offensive line. They weren't incorporating the running game the way they needed to. So in order to fix this offense, a lot of people are feeling they need to go quarterback here at number three. You've got three solid quarterbacks, any one of which could be a franchise changing pick. I think that's where the Patriots are looking right now, but I think it would also be short-sighted of a lot of Pats fans to think that there are not a lot of other really pressing needs on this team. It's not just about changing the quarterback. They really have to do an overhaul of this entire defense. That includes the line, that includes wide receivers, and a pass catching back out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, the offense is one of the things that, quite frankly, even I want to say this, dating back to some of the Tom Brady days, was not necessarily the flashiest thing right like they never really had some top tier side talent but you know you mentioned the three quarterbacks right there's at least five right now that a lot of people say are going to go in the top 10 I think the obvious two are Caleb Williams and Drake May I mean who is that kind of third guy that the Patriots you feel like and fans feel like need to focus on is it a Jaden Daniels is it possibly a JJ McCarthy you know is it one of these guys that when the combine starts next week are going to be heavily under the, or tomorrow, I should say that are going to heavily be under the microscope in a Bo Nix or Michael Penix jr. What's kind of the consensus there. And at that position and the thought process for a lot of people. Yeah, I think all these guys have to be on the table for the New England Patriots, or at least be considered. Obviously, Caleb Williams is the gem is the gem of this draft uh, class right now, and obviously, you being a Bears reporter, you know exactly what that's going to mean for Chicago and where they're headed right now. And by the way, that could make that could mean that Justin Fields could be in the mix with the New England Patriots, and I'm sure we'll probably get into that or at least touch on that before our conversation is uh, completed here today. But when you look at just the pure draft prospects. Drake May is someone that definitely intrigues me. Um, excellent arm, knows how to use that arm strength to his advantage. The touch and the arc that he can put on the ball and his ability to extend plays with his legs almost reminds me of a very young Josh Allen. I'm not comparing the two, but the style of play that they utilize could be what New England is looking for to rejuvenate that quarterback position. So Drake definitely has the ability to come in and to change the complexity of an offense. But there are drawbacks there as well. That gunslinger mentality sometimes can get you into trouble. And if you're a young quarterback with a very young team that's trying to move forward and doesn't have a lot of veteran presence around him to kind of rein him in, it could end up being problematic. So that's my concern right now with picking Drake May at number three if he falls. Because don't forget, there are two teams picking uh, above the New England Patriots right now. They're going to have to make that decision about whether or not the third guy potentially that falls to them is worth that draft capital. 
I love Jaden Daniels as a prospect. I love the way he's able to be that dual threat quarterback that so many teams right now are trying to emulate in the mold of Lamar Jackson. And I'm not saying that they have similar games or I'm not comparing their styles on the field, but it is sort of that same mentality and getting a guy that can be as dangerous on the ground as he can be with his arm. Daniels has that capability. If you're worried about knocks on him, I do worry a little bit about the pocket presence. These were things at LSU that kind of gave people a little bit of a pause to say he's ready to make that ascent and possibly be considered for a number one pick this time around. I think that's why you see him ranked consistently a cut below guys like Williams and May. If they're going to go in deeper into the draft, Penix is a name that you mentioned. He didn't have a great senior bowl, but the, t the, the film that's on him from his time in college is enough for me to justify that type of a pick. Uh, Bo Nix is someone uh, also uh, that has his, uh, his pluses and minuses. Um, no question about it. He's going to have someone uh, in his corner in Christian Gonzalez who played with him at the University of Oregon that believes he could be a good fit there. Uh, you, so you mentioned some of these guys. Spencer Rattler uh, really kind of, I think, raised an eyebrow or two at the Senior Bowl. He could be someone the Patriots uh, look at maybe in later rounds, probably a day two uh, or maybe even a day three, depending on how the board falls. Um, and J.J. McCarthy right now is the wild card. Last time the Patriots picked a quarterback out of Michigan, did a pretty good job with it. So that's always going to be a factor. I think any of these guys are on the table right now, but if you're asking me my preference, if the Patriots go quarterback, I'm going to say Daniels. I think he has the biggest upside, and I think they can get him at three without having to trade up. My worry with May is that I think Washington may have their eye on him, and I think that's something that the Patriots are going to have to contend with. Yeah, it's, and I've consistently said this all offseason since we've known kind of the top 10 dating back to basically week 18 of the regular season is there's everyone's kind of heard this statement oh well the draft starts with like the second overall pick i mean to me this year the draft i think starts with the third overall pick because what new england does is kind of such a toss-up at this point but you brought up justin fields and he's intriguing because mm -hmm. again i've watched him up close here for the last three seasons in chicago I look at where he's at in his career right now, and it's tough to say, okay, is he really going to take another step forward? Is he going to kind of just be who he's shown he is through 38 starts at this point? And then in come the Patriots. They're picking at 3, 34, and 68. Realistically, why do you think Fields makes so much sense for New England and of the draft picks that New England does have, what do you think they'd be willing to give up in compensation? Because I sure as hell know it's not going to be the third overall pick unless Kraft and... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gerard Mayor convinced that he's absolutely the guy to have. Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. And really, that is going to be determinate about whether or not the Bears are willing to move on from Justin. If they feel they are, what can they get for him? Don't forget, this was a very, very highly touted quarterback prospect coming out in 2021. A lot of people felt that he was going to be the guy, the, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best, in that class. And you're looking at guys like Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones alongside him and Trey Lance. These were all guys that were considered possible top 10 picks that year. Fields, I think, is interesting. And the reason why I say it's interesting for New England is because New England heavily scouted him uh, and really uh, was, from what I understand, from guys in the room that were making these picks and really making the evaluations that season, he was someone that the Patriots, I think, were looking very closely as being that quarterback of the future, someone that had the ability to view the field in multiple ways, both in, uh, you know, in uh, using, uh, you know, aerial attack and using a ground attack. For some reason, it just has not clicked in Chicago. Some people will blame coaching for that. Other people will put the blame on Justin himself. I think it's probably a little bit of both. So if those two sides are ready to move on, all of a sudden, New England now comes in and has the opportunity to get a very young quarterback, someone who is still learning the game, someone who can be molded in the image of a new offensive coordinator, a la Alex Van Pelt that the Patriots just hired. Alex can coach quarterbacks like this. He has the ability to take someone like a Justin Fields and maximize his skill set to make it work for New England. My colleague at Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer, said a couple of days ago that if Chicago was looking for a package, and he mentioned a second or a third rounder in this draft package with a day three pick, or maybe even a couple of futures, that could get the job done. I think the Bears are going to be looking for more than that, and I think they will be looking for more than that. And honestly, they probably should be. I think those are starting points for negotiations for New England, but... Hey, you're right, it won't be the number three pick. New England is not going to do that. But at the same time, if Chicago feels they can maximize, get their quarterback of the future, and turn that into a few extra picks in this draft or maybe even dip into 2025, I think they're going to have to at least consider it. And New England utilizes this draft now to go after other major holes on this roster. Could be a win-win for both sides. That's why I'm intrigued with Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, he is really, like I said, he's the type of guy where you don't, it's tough to say where he's at in his career because, again, by year three, you should have a good idea of what he can kind of do and what a guy is able to basically do on an NFL field. But getting away from the quarterback position, right? And I feel like the tough part about covering a team for guys like you and I that ultimately picks inside the top 10 is unless they have a first or second or even third year guy at the quarterback position, kind of what tends to happen is the general consensus. And I think it's kind of generic surface level analysis at this point, but there tends to be, Oh, they're picking in the top five. They're picking in the top 10. Like they absolutely need a quarterback when in fact, this is a draft class that you would think changes people's perceptions about it because wide receiver is top heavy but there's also a hell of a lot of depth across the board 
kind of the same thing with pass rusher and the interior of the offensive line. There's some really solid prospects. There's a lot of depth at the offensive tackle position. You have Alt and Fashanu from Notre Dame and Penn State, but some really good talent available. I mean, outside of the obvious, which is quarterback, what are some positions and prospects that make sense for New England to look at with that third overall pick? Um, well, I would say offensive line. If the Patriots are not going to go quarterback at number three, I've gone on record on Locked On Patriots and saying I think they should be in the business of looking to move down. You can definitely grab a talent like a Fashanu or an Alt, probably with number six, number seven. Try to maybe look for teams that are looking to go up to that third spot to grab their quarterback. The New York Giants have been a team that's been mentioned as a possible trade partner for the Patriots if they move out from three. Las Vegas Raiders are another ones to keep an eye on. They definitely would love to get their quarterback of the future. They feel they can do it at number three. There's a Jaden Daniels and Antonio Pierce connection that I think could be a very good one in America's playground over in Vegas for the next few years. So the problem is, Vegas right now holds number 13. Can the Patriots trade back to number 13 and still get that franchise-changing offensive tackle that they want? I happen to think guys like Fashanu and Alt are going to be off the board by then. Alt is the guy that I would love to see in New England. I mean, I've never... Uh, I haven't seen a combination of size and athleticism in a in, in a left tackle, someone that can play that um, that sealer of the edge and really protect the blind side of whoever is going to be uh, on this roster, you know, calling signals and being their quarterback. He can even move over to the right. He definitely has the skill set to be able to do it. Uh, he fits ideally into the outside zone scheme that New England is going to be incorporating. They've been more of a gap run team. You're going to see a little bit more zone now with the Alex Van Pelt effect. So Alt is a guy that I would love to see here in New England. Bishano, I think, is another guy that is so versatile and can play on either side. He'd be an amazing fit. I know Patriots fans would love for me to say Marvin Harrison Jr. is the guy that you go with at number three. If you're not sold on a quarterback, get your game-changing wide receiver for the future. And he is. He's tremendous. And Mar Marvin Harrison is a generational talent at that position. But again, like I said on Locked On Patriots earlier this week, it's nice to get a shiny sports car. We all love that. I would love to drive a sports car. Every time I look outside and I look at my car sitting in the driveway, I'd love to upgrade. But if you don't have the garage to protect it and you don't have the proper driver to drive it, you run the risk of really, I think, maybe devaluing the talent and then you can alienate the player. And that's something you don't want them to do. So if the Patriots are smart, if quarterback is not their choice, I think you go infrastructure and I think you build from that foundation. Not the sexy pick, but it is the one that Patriots fans can build on and then try to build for the future and try to rebuild this offense. And it's been a lot of what we've seen and kind of heard just generally floating out there is a lot of, hey, you know, especially from people in the know like you that are saying, hey, listen, you know, maybe, just maybe, quarterback isn't the way to go at third overall because there's a lot of really good non-quarterback prospects. Mm -hmm. So... When you look at it and you are a team that's saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and I don't necessarily want to draft a quarterback. We don't need one right now. And that's a consensus you come to as a staff. I mean, it opens things up because now you're looking at a team and quite frankly, a roster that needs a lot of talent 
which the Patriots do. They are entering a new era, as we've already acknowledged. So trading down, quite frankly, makes sense. And you start to look at the draft board and you say, okay, well, there's teams that are going to want to potentially trade up. Like we just had Bobby Skinner on the show a couple days ago who mentioned the Giants could potentially trade up. I had another Vikings guy on the show who said, hey, Minnesota could potentially trade up from 11 to wherever they feel like they can get a guy. And then, you know, the Falcons, too, are this complete wild card to me Mm. because they're a team that's been linked to Justin Fields. So there could be some competition for the Patriots there. But they're also Mm. a team that needs a quarterback to the point where it would make sense and anyone can see them trading up to third overall. Because if you're New England, I would say Atlanta's a pretty strong trade partner going from eight to three. And the reason being is because you are still, for the from the Patriots' perspective, you're still going to be in top 10 range. And then you are still able to go ahead and hopefully grab a wide receiver or a guy like Fashanu or all. Because I think one of the two will be there for the taking. Absolutely. And again, what you know, if you're looking at a consolation prize on either side for New England, who's so much in need of offensive line help, especially at the tackle position with the loss of Trent Brown and potentially even the loss of Michael Wainu, who is a free agent and looks like he's going to be hitting the market uh, before all is said and done, unless the Patriots decide to use the franchise tag on him, they may be in the market for two offensive tackles. And if that's the case, you need a generational talent at at least one of those positions. You're looking at a right-handed quarterback. You want that left tackle position nailed down, protecting the blind side. Yeah, they're going to need that. And that is really, I think, no consolation prize if you're settling for Alt or settling for Fashano. If one of those guys comes off the board first, I think the Patriots would have their pick of the two. They don't necessarily need to stay at number three to do it, how far they move down the board is going to be strategic. And that's where you're going to look at the strategy of guys like Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh and Gerard Mayo. These guys are going to be tested at the top of the heat for the first time without Bill Belichick having that final say. Can they get the job done? That's something New England Patriots fans hope is the case. Would you- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is certainly interesting to look at because you look at Elliot Wolf and I think, you know, everybody sort of knows what's in his DNA plus his lineage being the son of former Packers great Ron Wolf. And then you look at Macro as well as Gerard Mayo. I mean, New England's a team where under Bill Belichick, the quote unquote cool trend was just to kind of sit there, you know, bring in guys who were vastly underrated at what they did and especially in college and then just kind of go ahead and coach them up. You know, there were never really any sort of massively, I want to say high profile picks, but now that could begin to change when you have essentially a breath of fresh air in the building. I mean, what do you think from a Patriots perspective, right? What do they need to kind of not just accomplish this offseason, but also what trends do you think that they're going to go ahead and show in year one of the post-Bill Belichick era? 
I think they're going to be aggressive. Uh, and whether or not that's the prudent course of action, I think is still one or two years away from being properly evaluated. But my understanding and my impression from what I've heard from Gerard Mayo and what we've heard from people within the building that are starting to get an idea of how this team is going to be built, I think the Patriots want to make a splash. They want people to know they're still in this. They're not going to wait in the wings or lie in the weeds for that much longer. This is a team that wants to get back into contention. And if they're going to do it, this is the time to put their best foot forward. Not only do they have the number three pick, the highest draft pick this team has had since 1993 when they when they drafted uh, Drew Bledsoe coming in, that was you know obviously something that changed the franchise. The Patriots are looking for that type of splash. They also now have an estimated $86.9 million in, in cap space that's going to be available to them to go out and to sign external free agents and retain some of their homegrown talent that they feel are essential to this team moving forward. You've got the space to do it. You've got the draft capital to do it. This is the time. And New England is not going to lie in the weeds and wait in the wings. They're going to go for it in every stretch of the imagination. Now, how, what that means for personnel it's going to depend, I think, on what the Patriots want to do with quarterback. To me, that's the catalyst of all of this. Do they go veteran? Do they go stopgap for the time being and build the infrastructure around and then try to get your quarterback of the future when you feel you've got the foundation in place? That's risky because you never know if you're going to be in this position again. But at the same time, you also don't want a blue-chip quarterback back there calling signals and no supporting cast around him and run the risk of ruining the player. It's going to be a tough year for New England to hit the right buttons, but they're going to have to if they want to get back to respectability. Yeah, and it's it's all linear in a sense, right? Because you look at this and you say, okay, maybe they spend the year building up the roster and they do in fact decide to say hey we're going to run it back with one of two in mac jones or bailey zappy kind of have this open competition at the quarterback position heading into july and august during training camp and then all of a sudden you know at that point you look at next year and you say all right well we know for a fact that we feel pretty good about the roster around us do we possibly decide to take a swing on another young quarterback right now, knowing that we've kind of spent a year building up this entire thing. It's going to be something to monitor, but we got the scouting combine kicking off here. And this is the last one I have for you before you can get out of here and go enjoy the rest of your day. But um, what are you looking for the Patriots to do during the scouting combine? I mean, because it's this kind of place where there's, Everything I feel like you know the offseason starts at the scouting combine. You got coaches, players, agents, kind of a little bit of everything in between there. A lot of front office guys. But what do you think New England's doing with the scouting combine? And who are some players that you feel like they're going to be gathering intel on, whether it is free agent or NFL draft prospects? Oh, I think that's a great question. And honestly, I think they will be active. Now, we know from his comments that Gerard Mayo is most likely not going to be making the trip to Indianapolis. Maybe he might be in the latter part of the tri of the uh, the combine, but at least at the beginning, it looks like it's going to be a contingent headed by Elliot Wolf, and I believe Matt Groh is going to also be along with him. Elliot's going to speak to reporters early this week and kind of give an outline as to what the Patriots are going to be doing. One thing to look for if you're a New England Patriots fan or if you're just intrigued by what they're going to do at number three. 
I look to connect them with probably most of the top names on the board, whether or not there's a realistic chance they end up in New England or not. These guys are going to be doing their due diligence, and they'll meet with every prospect they possibly can. That's an old page out of the Bill Belichick book. Gather as much recon on people as much as possible because you never know when you're going to be going against these guys or... In two or three years, four years, when they come up for free agency, you want to be able to say, we met with this person. We know what their character was. We've seen them grow from that young prospect at the combine into a solid NFL player or a player that maybe just never realized his potential and can go elsewhere and grow into what he was always capable of doing. So I look for them to continue that trend. I think that would be smart. As far as free agents go, yeah, I think the Patriots are going to be very active in trying to retain their own talent. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be doing a lot of external recruiting. The Patriots have some players on this roster that I think they need to re-sign in order to be able to move forward solidly this year. Guys like Hunter Henry, who was a team captain last year. Patriots don't have a tight end on the roster right now other than LaMichael Petway. They need to get a guy that can come in and play the position and be a mentor for a young quarterback. Hunter Henry fits that bill quite nicely, better than anyone else on the free agent market. Michael Wainu is probably priority one, I would say. Try to do everything you can to get him signed to a deal. From what I'm hearing, anything in the in the uh, vicinity of maybe 17 to 18 million annually might do it. We'll see. If he's getting higher offers on the outside, it's going to be tough. But I think the Patriots are going to spend a lot of time there. That's why you're seeing Elliot Wolf and Matt Grow both there. I think that they're going to be focusing on personnel as well as draft. And then they're going to be looking, I think, very heavily at scouting offensive linemen. This is a very deep class when it comes to interior and external offensive linemen. They're going to do their due diligence in scouting those players. Also, don't sleep on the fact that the Patriots will also be scouting wide receivers. I look for them to be very active day two and day three with receivers. And I also think they're going to be looking for a young pass catching back. The name I look for right now is not a name that's nationally known right now. But University of New Hampshire's Dylan Lowby is a home is a hometown, uh, you know, homegrown type of uh, prospect. His ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is going to be very intriguing to New England. I look for them to keep their eye on him. Yeah, and it's interesting because I actually text. I was texting back and forth with one of Dylan's college coaches the other day. He actually um, played high school football about an hour away from me here in um, Illinois. But yeah, Dylan's a name that I've kind of heard too as a guy that is going to be a high riser. But you know, before we get out of here, where can people kind of follow you on Twitter and check out your work over the next couple months? Because what happens this coming week is gonna lay the foundation for what happens you know across the league in march and april oh absolutely and again you uh, thank you so much for having me on today you do a great job with this pod it's my honor to be your guest mm -hmm. thank you for taking time out to invite me on here today and um if you want to check my work out either if you're interested in what the patriots are doing or just to see things from a bear's perspective in terms of the top pick and the number three pick in that dynamic, maybe even a little Fields talk. You can check me out each and every day on the Locked On Patriots podcast. We're free and available on all platforms, available Monday through Friday, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out all of my written work and more intricate drill-down details at si.com slash NFL slash Patriots. And I, as uh, you said to open the show today, I am the uh, lead beat reporter for uh, Patriots Country, a fan nation, so you can check me out there. Absolutely. And thanks so much for uh, being on here again. We'll definitely have to do it sometime soon. 
Anytime. Best of luck. Have fun covering the draft. And uh, thank you once again for having me on today. That was some really good stuff there from Mike, quite honestly, detailing what the Patriots offseason could look like. And at this point, it's like I said during the intro, they're this major unknown, this complete wild card, because whatever they decide to do is going to shake up the rest of the top 10. And so that is either going to be the best or worst thing ever for a lot of teams. And certainly, you know what the Patriots do could have an impact as to what the bears do with the ninth overall pick before we get out of here though be sure to follow me on twitter at usaid kosho and check out my work on the bear report website i've got off-season scouting reports going on for a lot of different prospects right now i just dropped one on Jaden daniels as well as rome adunze be sure to check out the picks for polls podcast on twitter at picks for polls and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcast. Remember to bear down and see you next time.